You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Toussaint. And this is another episode of the Saved and Woke podcast. Now, before we get into the regular episode, I wanted to take a moment to address a couple of tragedies that have happened fairly recently. The first one being the two terrorist attacks in New Zealand where 51 image bearers of God were gunned down um, while they were praying in, in a couple of mosques. And the second is the tragic murder of former rapper Nipsey Hussle. And the reason I want to bring these up is because I do want to make it known that I was aware of these obviously there was no way you could have been connected to social media and not have been aware Uh, it was usually my policy not to talk about current events but only to talk only to bring up issues or to talk about topics or ideologies or philosophy that have like been a part of the Christian or academic landscape for some time and I just kind of pick them apart pick them uh, I question the foundations of those ideas of the sometimes the theologies and so I was saying that you know current events don't have a place in this discussion but things happen regularly whether it's in politics sometimes even pop culture and definitely just in society that I want to talk about and I think we are saved and more people need to know and I feel like I respect the fact that you all listen and you come and you seek my voice you seek my my opinion and the opinions of the people that I bring on the podcast and I think it's important that we don't just have these high level conversations that have no real level practicality and I think when we talk about current events that we can bring our Christianity and our other just philosophies of of goodness of of unity of justice and righteousness they they get realer and more they become more crystallized when we can attach them to things that have actually happened actual events um these won't just be tragedies um i just mentioned these two because these two really really struck me um and i am kind of saddened and almost ashamed to say that if not but for one particular gentleman who I'll share I probably wouldn't have been so touched by the New Zealand attacks as I was so I follow a gentleman called Sean King our name Sean King on Instagram and he's a social um a social justice activist and um, he was reposting someone else's Instagram Instagram posts of different victims of that shooting and what he would do is he would post the picture of the individual share their name and just give you some brief background on who they were as a person and then at the end he was like gun down in these shootings and just to see those faces it really made that that number hurt even more and it made me compassionate towards them it made me feel for them and I really hate to say that like I know if I had only seen the headline like oh 51 killed in a, in a terrorist attack I know that wouldn't have struck me that just wouldn't have struck me but when I saw when I saw the post when I saw their faces like one of them was a kid. I think the, the youngest one, one of the youngest victims was a boy. And I'm scrolling through the feed now. Yeah, he was three years old. 
And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of a lot of Christians or people who call themselves Christians, I know that there are probably a lot of people saying, well, that's what they get. Muslims. They're not they're not Christians. So why should we care that they're that they're gone? And I just think that that is horrible. That is not the will of God. Um, it's been a while since this has happened, so I won't harp too much on it. If you want to see the photos that I was talking about, you're going to have to scroll back because, like I said, it's been a minute. And I'm going to do better about being abreast of current events as they're happening. But you can either follow Sean King or just go to his page if you don't want to follow him because he, he is a social justice activist. Uh, he claims to be he, – well, he, he, says he's a, he says he's a Christian. Um, he definitely curses a lot, and he has – a brand he has the a brand of wokeness that that I believe does not that is not found in Christ. Um, but I do believe like that what he shared from Khalid, I can't I don't know if I can pronounce his last name. Um, Khalid Badoan, those photos of those people that'll make that tragedy just real to you. And I think we have to feel that because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to grieve with those who are grieving. And we shouldn't be able to hear that people have been gunned down regardless of what they believe and not feel for them. And so, yeah, so Sean King, his name is spelled S-H-A-U-N-K-I-N-G. And it's just at Sean King. No spaces or underscores or anything on Instagram. And he got a lot of these posts. I'm trying to find the guy's name. Oh, yeah. I think it's Khalid Beydoun. You can find him on Instagram at K-H-A-L-E-D-B-E-Y-D-O-U-N and just go back to his post around the time of the attack to, to see the victims because the numbers don't show you faces. They don't show you the lives. They don't show you who they left behind. And I think that's important. And also, similarly with the shooting, of, shooting death of Nipsey Hussle, I saw somebody post something that someone sent in their DMs or posted on Twitter like why are we why are we crying about this dude like he wasn't rapping about Jesus he wasn't rapping about Christ and that's why I led with the fact that we're talking about the the loss of image bearers of God because these people everybody we're all created in the image of God God loves every single one of us he died for every single one of us Christ died for all of those people who were gunned down in the mosque he died for Nipsey Hussle so we are all that we all have value because of God's love, because Christ valued us enough. You are worth the blood of Christ. That's it. So please uh, hope this allows you to or leads you to be more compassionate. I hope it leads us to be more compassionate. I need to be more compassionate because, like I said, it wasn't until I saw those photos that I was that I was struck. Um. But, you know, we're all walking this thing out together. We're going to do better. And now, without further ado, the main attraction is my conversation with my brother, Isaac Adams, who is the host of the United Question Mark We Pray podcast. We had a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac, for just making time out to to talk to me um and for us to just have this conversation and get to know each other um, i'm just going to be asking you some questions about yourself and about your 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 ministry your podcast yeah um and the message and all that and of course if you have any if anything comes to mind that you are curious about me like i said it's a conversation so you know just ask away well, just before we start, let me just ask, tell me where you are located in the world, the genesis of this podcast, where you go to church, family, just, okay. just that. Cool. Yeah. And I was going to ask you all those same questions as well. So I am from North Carolina. I currently live in Durham, North Carolina. And right now I am on the campus of UNC Chapel Hill. I am oh, a graduate student. You're really trying to get me excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm a grad student in the master's program for social work, and I'm actually in one of the rooms right now. I don't usually do this. I usually record at in the comfort of my home, but this is what this is just where it has to happen today. Um, 
I am. Yeah, I have been, I've been married for three years to my lovely wife, Monique Toussaint. We just had, as you know, our baby girl, Eliana Elise, in October of this past year. Um, I go to church at the Cove Church International. And yeah, I've been going there. I had started visiting them about maybe five or six years ago, and I've been a member there for four years. And my, my wife and I just became um, a licensed uh, license in ministry through them last year in March. Cool. So yeah. And I don't think my view or my listeners slash viewers knew about me being a minister. So. Okay. Good that we got that out there. Um, so I will pose the same questions. Oh, you said, I asked about the podcast. So um, this idea for the podcast kind of came about out of my classes and the conversations that I was having in the school of social work. Um, I feel like UNC itself as a whole and definitely the school of social work kind of portrays itself and I guess believes itself to be this kind of uh, a bastion of progressive thoughts. Um, and in many of our conversations, I would hear um, a lot of really good insights in terms of uh, just problems around racial reconciliation and social injustice in general. And then, but whenever Christianity or Christians were, were mentioned, it was always in a negative context that was understandable, but based off of just error, right? Like if there is a misrepresentation of Christianity, of the gospel, and especially the gospel's rel relationship to to justice and racial reconciliation, I guess, and also just uh, people not even understanding that the gospel is not just conducive to racial reconciliation and social justice, but the gospel contains that. And when people want, when people are asking for social justice, when they're asking for racial reconciliation, they may not know it, but they're asking for the gospel. That's what they really want. Um, and because it seemed like social consciousness and uh, belief in Christ were always mutually exclusive. And I know that to not be the case. I was like, okay, I, I was listening to a bunch of, I, was, I had started to listen, listening to podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I can do this too. And this will be my platform to, to unite those two or to illuminate the connection that they already had. Um, that, 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 the, that the gospel already has with, with, with justice in general. Like justice is one of the attributes of God, justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where Saving the World came from. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's so, yeah, no problem. And so I'm just going to pose you those same questions. Tell, me, yeah. tell us about you. Yeah, man, let's see. Uh, I'm a pastor up here in Washington, D.C. at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. Uh, so I'm on staff here. Been born and raised in D.C. Um, yeah, man. Uh, spent time in North Carolina. Uh, graduated from UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, really? So, yes. Yeah, so that's why, <laughs> that's I mean, my, one of my main questions is, you're talking about Durham, but I assume you're a Chapel Hill fan. Of course. Yeah, okay. I did my undergrad here as well. Okay, good. So we don't have to talk about the pagan land of Duke University. Oh, how did you even um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, man, so uh, that's me. Uh, married to my beautiful wife. We have a child. Uh, we have a little girl. She's almost two. And then we have another one on the way, which is why life has been extra hectic, as you know uh -huh. now. Um, and then, yeah, man, uh, uh, I think just growing up in Washington, D.C., I mean, it's even in itself being known as Chocolate City, uh, or even that is changing and up in the air. Uh, but growing up with... Um, and whether it be different uh, predominantly white institutions, schools, churches, uh, and then just seeing this national conversation come about, uh, or at least not come about, but uh, be reinvigorated over the issues of race and church. Um, I had a heart for it, man. And uh, like very much what you said, a heart for God's kingdom. I love God's people uh, and the unity of God's people. Uh, and anything that threatens that unity is something to consider. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, and to be clear, I don't think race per se threatens that unity. I think sinners threaten that unity uh, because we so often mishandle gifts mm -hmm. 
uh, like our ethnic differences, yeah. uh, which God has given to in part to reflect his glory. Uh, but anyway, so thinking about all that, I was reading a sermon by Francis Grimke, who was a pastor here in Washington, D.C., and he was just going on about, the sermon is called God and Prayer as Factors in the Struggle. Grimke is a black preacher. He's preaching in 1898. Uh, And it's just an incredible sermon uh, that was convicting to me about, like, man, I am not praying about this. Uh, I am not uh and i don't know that many people it just seems the conversation seems to be so much opining and so much uh animosity it's like i was just like man the 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 joy of prayer of taking things before god in prayer and all that's wrapped up in that uh something that i think is missing from this conversation so by god's grace i tried to do start something like this where i was having conversations uh with verdict or horizontally but then um definitely vertically as well uh, in terms of praying and bringing these things before the Lord in prayer. So I started a podcast called United We Pray. There's a question mark behind United. Uh, if you look What's at it, uh, because I think the unity of God's people is a question in many people's minds and rightfully so, uh, given the racial tensions we see. Got you. Thank you for that. You answered every question that I was going to start off with, the openers. Um, so my my next question for you is around that that unity and that threat to unity. So I was talking to a friend. I went to well, I visited a friend's church recently, and I just was really one thing that was just impossible to notice was just how ethnically diverse the, the congregation was. Well, mainly between um, there was a good mix of white and I guess majority of black people, and I was just curious because I'm just always curious about what. Uh, what pastors are talking about in their churches, particularly around these issues. And I just asked them, I was like, do you, does your pastor ever like, you know, talk about race? And for, for a second, they were like, no. And then they were like, well, yeah, they do. But like in the context, in terms of racial reconciliation or like problems with racism, they said, well, he, he talks about it in like in the context of the world. So not in the church. And they said the reason behind that is because, you know, we're already reconciled in Christ. So we shouldn't really have to talk about that. And I was like, oh, okay. So what do you think about people who come with that line of thinking, kind of saying, like assuming that the church is kind of like exempt from needing to discuss those things and we should just already come from an assumption of like, oh, everything's good here. So let's not talk about these issues because they don't exist in the church. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll go off of just how you've represented this. I don't know uh, your friends or the church particularly, so I won't talk about them or context specifically, uh, but just uh, how you're representing it. Um, uh, I would disagree with that uh, and for a few reasons. Uh, one is because, and, what, and it's interesting even, I think it's a useful example, um, because it shows that uh, just because you have people of different ethnicities in the same space uh, does not mean you're actively pursuing racial reconciliation, uh, doesn't even mean, I mean, you just might have a diverse city, right? So, I mean, like, if it's, if, if the block is half black and half white, <laughs> praise God that, you know, people are at least feeling that they can at least meet in the same space. Um, but I, I like how uh, one pastor described kind of Southern racism to me. He was, I don't know where this church is, but uh, and I don't need to, but he, uh, he, he described that, you know, Northerners don't care how, well, he's, he, he described it like this. He said, Southerners don't care how close you get as long as you don't get too high. So they don't care about how they're, I mean, and that, I mean, that predates, I mean, that's just history. Uh, uh, you know, you look at plantations or whatever it may be, uh, people were fine living in these kind of mixed environments uh, in churches, even before historically, uh, before um, they were racially divided, were actually racially integrated. But the thing is, uh, is that whites had all the power in the churches. They had all the authority to make decisions. Blacks had were relegated to sit in a certain section. So they were present in the same building. But did that mean reconciliation was being lived out? Uh, no. Uh, so he said, Southerners don't care how close you get as long as you don't 
or don't don't care how close you get as long as you don't get too high. And then he said, Northerners don't care how high you get, so you can be president of the United States as long as you don't get too close. And I thought that was an interesting and useful uh, breakdown of different perceptions that we might uh, be carrying around, whether that be uh, consciously or subconsciously. Now, I trust these people are not consciously uh, carrying around uh, or harboring any kind of animus like that. But, that'll, but that goes to say, of course, uh, the work at the cross of Ephesians 2, Jesus said it is finished. He has, re- he has made one new man. So, of course, uh, in that sense, the work is done. But we are still called to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And anything that might, again, anything that might uh, cause us to not do so, uh, we need to be talking about, we need to be thinking about. Uh, and I just think biblically and historically, you see that, uh, you know, we don't need to talk about this, uh, that that's just not the case historically. So Acts 6, you see an ethnic, uh, you see an ethnic confrontation in the church and they make it specifically ethnic. They don't just say, you know, these widows, they talk about the Hellenist widow, like this group of people uh, are feeling overlooked. Um, and or you just think about it historically Uh, i'm trying to think of something you said um but historically you know it's like oh well this is present so we don't need to talk about that we're exempt and if you just read history and i find this to be the case in most times uh people who want to i think have the best of intentions by saying we're exempt like look at what god has done here uh Mm -hmm. well you just need to read more history Uh, and i think you'll see that the american church uh, is far from exempt on this issue, uh, and sadly has been far too complicit uh, in the racial in dividing churches along racial lines. Uh, so yeah, so that's how I would respond and try to do so graciously, charitably. Yes, yes, I'm so glad for you saying all that. And one thing, I guess, from a historical standpoint, like you said, it, it's important for people to know history, to read history around any issue that you want to. I guess, have an informed opinion of, because one thing I think of just, not even just in terms of the church, but in terms of like majority culture and just mainstream American society, they've always been, there's always been a reason not to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, that's where we're going to drift. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, depending on where we're are, where we're at in the conversation, there will be reason to not talk about it. And I mean, it's just like, I mean, we don't operate, we don't, what I would want people to realize is, Lord willing, they'll see, we don't operate by that really in any other sphere of life that I can think of. Uh, so in our marriages, we don't assume like, hey, things are good, so we never need to talk about hard things. It's just like, thing, part of the reason things are good is because we are probably regularly talking about hard things. <laughs> True. Yes. Yo, that is perfect that you said that, because what I was about to share next is because I was just recently at a marriage conference and one thing that was just so powerful about the conference that they had instead of just having the lessons and the 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 small group conversations they had people come they had couples come up and share their testimonies and the i think almost half of them or maybe even more were just talking about how god had reconciled or how god had um just worked in their relationships and how they worked to reconcile with one another after after infidelity and they were just they were straight up with it like the just the the, the biggest break that you could have in a marriage and what i find it i find kind of interesting is that we will oftentimes in the church acknowledge the need for reconciliation in things like marriage um but not in other areas, particularly around social justice. So like, we'll say, okay, so that the, a lot of those couples were saved before the infidelity happened. Um, so it's like, well, if with the same line of logic, like, oh, where we've already been reconciled, you could just say, oh, well, you know, I confess God's forgiven me. You just got to forgive me. Um, that's your duty now. So because since we're already reconciled, there's no more work that we have to do. And I don't think the scripture is, I don't think scripture is consistent with that because I mean, we have to work out our soul salvation with fear and with trembling. Our soul contains, you know, our mind, will, and emotions are that. So that contains our thinking, our thought patterns. Um, and even to, to, to add more to the, the biblical references to ethnic, 
ethnic division. Like I, I don't know the, the scripture um, exactly. And that's one thing I really enjoyed about your, I enjoy about your podcast is just, I was like, man, this guy knows the word. Like, I didn't know you were a pastor first. Mm. You just, I was like, wow, he knows this. I, I, I will know the reference and I can say the story. I was like, but I do not know where exactly it is in the Bible. But the, the, oh, the, man. The Get story that book after the verse, bro. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, you, one thing that I like about your podcast and that I, I'm going to, and that everybody listening to this recording, please um, pause right now and subscribe to United We Pray Pod, podcast because it's blessing me and it's influenced this show um, in ways that I'll get into later. But the story that I'm thinking of is when um, Peter himself, the man who walked on water, saw, saw the risen Christ and preached and got 5,000 people saved. There's a reference that Paul was making where he just had to call Peter out on allowing the, the ethnic tension um, among some yeah. of the, the um, first century you know, Jewish saints to affect how he was treating or how he was interacting with the, the Gentile believers. And basically he was, when, when the Jewish believers came, he was like, okay, I'm not gonna associate with the Gentile believers. And so he was just sitting with the, with the Jewish people. And Paul called him out specifically, specifically on that. And that just, and I, and I feel like that's a, that's a good example of one, just calling out the, the ethnic or racial tensions. And then also just a good example of how Christ's finished work does not absolve us of working out those, of working out any issue of division in the church, but in this case, racial or ethnic. That's right, man. That's uh, that's Galatians two, uh, where that happens. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's a good application of the passage. Uh, that, and I think it goes to show. I mean, man, this is like you said. This is Peter we're talking about. Like, if Peter is susceptible to fear of man and hypocrisy, I think the rest of us are susceptible as well. So, definitely. And so, my next question for you is have you come up against any sort of resistance to your podcast from in like any respect um, from your church, from like family members or just from, from listeners? And if so, like, how has that, like, how has that manifested itself? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know that on the podcast per se, that I've come up against a ton of opposition that might be because uh, you and my mom are the ones who listen to it and uh, many other people. Uh, but uh, hopefully more after this. Yeah, I've certainly had pushback and uh, a ton. Now, some of this touches on just, I think my kind of ministry practice in this conversation is I'm not out there just throwing bombs on the most controversial thing I could say. That may get 15,000 retweets but make a person in my church stumble. Uh, so I, I think I try to think very carefully through that. And I'm not now to be clear, I'm not saying I never should, I don't ever need to do that. I'm simply saying I don't aim to do that. Uh, so I'm not trying. So I'm, in other words, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to cause any unnecessary offense. And I think everybody involved in this conversation would say <laughs> they're trying to do that, but uh, that's a, in terms of just kind of ministry philosophy. Well, that said, it might just be, uh, you know, it could be, I'm, I'm not saying things hard enough, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are things that people have said uh, about the podcast, uh, you know, from both sides. Some say it's too, you know, are we talking about race is too individualistic, is systemic enough? Uh, some people would also say, uh, you know, we just don't need to be talking about this. So I've had people approach me. Uh, I'm thinking one uh, person right now who approached me and just just even disagreed with the thesis that the American church has racial divisions, uh, which again, I would just, I try to just point into history and have him read and um, so yeah, man. But the way I keep, keep rolling with that is man, I have an audience of one at the end of the day that I'm trying to please. I'm trying to please God. Second Timothy two talks about a soldier uh, doesn't get entangled in civilian pursuits, but he makes it his aim to please the one who enlisted him. Uh, so I'm trying to please God with this effort. And so far he's breathed on it, uh, apparently. Uh, and he's, uh, and by that, I simply mean, he's just, he's, he's seemingly shown fruit from it. Uh, and fruit that keeps is enough to encourage me to keep going. Cool. That's good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, so you mentioned trying to 
encourage people to, to read um, or find out other information. So do you have any, like what resources do you suggest to people um, who like sincerely want, want to learn more yeah, man. about this? Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's a good question because you just have to put in the work of reading on this. I mean, I just think uh, sometimes as Christians, we assume that we have this mystical view that uh, God will just give us all the information we need to know. Like, we'll just wake up and know it. And it, it's just, again, Second Timothy 2, Paul says, think over what I say. You know, and he's talking about the word specifically, but it's just like the Christian life requires thinking. Meditation. Uh, yeah, it requires wrestling over these things. Uh, so that said, um, uh, some resources I'd suggest. I'm about to actually interview Jamar Tisby today about his book, The Color of Compromise. It is really good. Wow, nice. Uh, I think it's really useful. Uh, because it's just, it's a survey. So he's, he's looking at kind of just American history from day one, uh, broadly, but still with kind of in-depth, uh, kind of meditations on certain figures, certain periods, mm -hmm. uh, really useful that it may at this point just become the book I pass out the most as a pastor. So the color of compromise, and you can check that episode out. That'll come out Lord willing in a couple of weeks with Jamar. Um, uh, besides that, I would do a book called Race and Place by David Leong, uh, brother out in Seattle, I think. Uh, David Lee, what was that? David Leong. David Leong, nice. Yes. Uh, I like, uh, I like um, The Gospel in Color by Jarvis Williams and Curtis Woods. I think that's a good resource for parents. So that's a, that's a, resource and it looks it's about around fourth grade ish level so if you're looking for a very kind of like something you can read with your one and two year old while they're crying and you think they're paying <laughs> uh you can pick up trillion's trillion newbell's book god's very good idea and then for extra credit if you're trying to go deeper the two i would recommend are uh divided by faith uh which is kind of the classic uh that people are reading uh right now i did an interview with the author michael emerson he also wrote it with uh uh, a man named Christian Smith. Uh, so Divided by Faith, it's been out for 20 years. I think that is just kind of the tried and true, uh, here's the problem. Uh, and then one more I'm, re I'm working through right now called The Elusive Dream, which is interesting. And it speaks to a church like the one you mentioned where it seems diverse, it's got a black pastor, what's going on here? What are the norms and churches of why do uh -huh. quote unquote multi-ethnic churches function the way they do uh, that I've found to be striking. So, yeah. Thank you. That was, that was way more than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, let me suggest some more since you weren't expecting much. Just <laughs> uh, friends and peers as resources, people with different experiences and talking to one another. I wouldn't only suggest that because sometimes I think we treat, we can treat one another as vending machines. Uh, whites can, white, white brothers and sisters can tend to do that. Uh, be like, hey, tell me this racial knowledge I want to know. Uh, and that can be exhausting when you're on the other side of that question. Definitely. Uh, and the other resource I suggest is the word of God. It is sufficient. Uh, it is, it is God breathed, useful for training, teaching and righteousness, correcting, uh, second Timothy three sixteen. So we need to be plumbing the depths of the word to see what does God mean when he talks about race? Mm. Uh, when he talks in, when Paul in Acts 17 is talking about race, uh, or he's talking about from one man came all these men. What does the Im Im image of God mean? The fact that we're made in his image, what does that mean for us? Uh, that is what we need to be diving into more and more are the scriptures. Uh, so I don't want to ever suggest that, like, go read these books, but you know, close your Bible, like, open your Bible and read those other books in light of your Bible. Yes, cool. thank you so much for that. I really appreciate these because some of these books were already on my to read list. There you go, man. And now you've just increased it. I love having books. Just I have a queue of books that I gotta that I have to read. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate your addition to that. Um, do you have any examples of or like any personal experience of people actually engaging or people who may have started off either on the fence or kind of um, against this whole the whole relevance of this conversation, but who have since been humbled somehow by the, by the, by the Holy Spirit and have like engaged in this work of educating 
themselves and being open to allowing the Holy Spirit to transform their view of race and this whole issue of racial reconciliation. Yeah, man, by God's grace, I think of, you know, I think of one sister right now who came and approached me and she said, you know, I've just been listening and praying and been terribly convicted. Like she was like, I grew up in a racist society. Um, so it does happen, man. I, you know, those stories aren't told enough. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, to try to tell more of those stories about how, you know, when was it that people became more compassionate across these lines? Um, but yes, man, I think I have heard those stories and they're tremendously encouraging. And sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a slow, it's often a slow work how it happens. You know, it's not overnight. It's not, it's rarely, you know, oh, bam, I read this one article and now it's all making sense. You know, <laughs> uh, repentance, confession, these things happen incrementally often, I found as a pastor. Uh, so it's messy, but yes, and amen, uh, it does happen to the praise of God's grace. Hallelujah, man. Um, and I guess just, do you have any final words? What final words of encouragement would you give to, I guess, people on either side of that fence? Though? So any final encouragement for people who I guess are still, don't know how to feel about this conversation, don't even feel that it's necessary, but are still engaged to the point of listening? And what final encouragement would you didn't have for those of us who are already engaged and who already are somewhat um, conscious of the issues and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. And I guess, what, what's your final encouragement to those people who are just trying to get other brothers and sisters to, to, to engage in this work as well? Yeah, man. Um, to that second group you were talking about, I'd say hang in there and know when you need to take breaks. Uh, so often, um, if you're going to be a bridge builder, if you're going to be a bridge in this conversation, you need to remember that bridges get driven on and they get walked on and they get stepped on and it's hard work and bridges are the first to just continue the metaphor. Bridges are the first to freeze over when the bad weather hits, right? We can get hardened. We can, we can get cynical despair can set in so uh you know i appreciate what you're doing with the kind of you know subtlety the kind of undertones of the title of this podcast but there is a brand of wokeness that i am increasingly concerned about uh and i think they started as bridge builders and are just i just don't i cannot reconcile what the tone in which they speak uh i think they yeah, I think some people think they're being righteously indignant and quote unquote mm-hmm. prophetic. And when in the end, they're being a jerk. <laughs> uh, so, so I want to, you know, our sin never justifies sin. You know, we cannot say yeah. something for me, so I'm going to respond sinfully back. Mm-hmm. Two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, so I would encourage people to understand that, I mean, sometimes you need a break from this work. You need to take care of yourself and you need to just pray in your closet. I've been convicted of that lately. I mean, man, having a podcast on prayer has been such a double-edged sword uh, because I'm like, man, I don't, want, I don't want to be found on the last day to be the person who loved to pray publicly, mm-hmm. uh, but not in my closet. Yes. Uh, so man, we, we've got to be taking care of ourselves and relying on God's people, his spirit, his work uh in our in us because arguably the work god is doing in us is more important than the work god is doing through us so that'd be my word amen uh the word for the other group of those who are on the fence uh is i want to encourage you um i want to encourage you as much as i can to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Uh, And a part of listening is to continue that work of education. I want to encourage you to read a few more books, read some of those books on that list, uh, to get through them, because I know people who have started those books and put them down out of anger and frustration, Um, but to really try to imagine what it would be like. I mean, to, I mean, it's what the Lord says of treating people as we would want to be treated. If you were feeling this issue that it's like, okay, I need to listen. I need, I need to, if I was presenting this, if it were my kid that I was talking about, 
you know, people are talking about their children and the fears they have for their kids. If it were my kid, I would want to be heard. Mm. I would want to be believed. So I like what Michael Emerson says. He says this in the episode. Uh, he says, if you were talking, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about, you know, majority culture, white people. Mm-hmm. If you are talking to a person of color, here's one simple thing you can do. Believe them. Yes. Amen. Wow. Believe them. And I think so many times people are afraid, well, well, that means what am I supposed to be supposed to do? Be uncritical and, um, you know, not test things that I hear. And I was like, no, that doesn't mean that. It simply means you don't, you do what First Corinthians 13 is talking about. You assume the best. Uh, you believe, you, you, you believe people for what they're saying. Uh, and I think that'll help. Uh, and when we drop the defensive postures, I think a lot of more unity will flourish. Cool. That was great. Thank you for that. So um, how can people keep in touch with you on social media and keep up to date with updates on the, the show? Yeah, man. I mean, you can subscribe to the show. We'd love to have you. Uh, United, question mark, we pray. Uh, I've been hosting it. We're in our third season. We're talking about politics, the local church, and race, uh, because, you know, race wasn't controversial enough. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm playing. Um, uh, so, we're, we're pressing through the third season. We just kicked it off this year. Um, so, subscribe there. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PrayPod, P-R-A-Y-P-O-D. You can follow me on Twitter at iSickAdams, so I-S-I-C-K-A-D-A-M-S. Uh, you can follow me at Instagram at the same handle. So that's, that's the best way. Cool. Thank you so, so much. And earlier I mentioned this, that you have influenced just your podcast specifically has influenced me and this show in, in some huge ways. And one of them was when I first listened to your podcast, I think I was, I found out about it because I follow Humble Beast on Instagram and then they posted your your logo and a synopsis of what the podcast was about and i was like oh wow cool let me and somebody else doing doing the work that i'm doing and, Praise the Lord, man. yeah and so i listened fell in love and i was convicted i was convicted because i was getting into discussing the issue and like it's good to address it but we must pray and i feel like kind of going along mentioning that that brand of wokeness that you were talking about that is not right. And I actually, I, I talk about it in, in one of my other episodes. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but I'll post it in the notes and probably mention it in the afterthoughts of this episode uh, where I talk about the, the title of the episode was like too woke for your own good. Yeah, and, that's right. That's right. And there is a, an attitude towards prayer, particularly amongst woke people and i put that in quotation marks for a reason who are not saved that has has been prevalent i guess in in that space for a long time that i feel like is bleeding over even to like the uh socially conscious christians where we kind of stick our noses up at prayer um and i definitely believe that prayer like the word says that Faith without works is dead, so we should pray and then, you know, allow God to lead us into however he wants us to act. But prayer is powerful, and your podcast has just really convicted me and is really a great reminder on the power, the importance, and the centrality of prayer to just just Christian life in general. So if you're going to be engaging in anything as as a believer, like it starts with, with prayer and as, after I after I listened to the first episode of your show, or the, like the first couple episodes, I was like, okay, at the end of my podcast, we are going to pray and we're going to, after every conversation, we're go, I'm going to remind people that, yes, it's good to know, it's good to read, but we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to seek him, seek the Lord for direction in, in all things and, and, def- and definitely this. So um, I'm going to pray now. And if you feel so led, I will invite you to, to, to pray us out um, as well. And so, yeah, here we go. Lord God, I just thank you so much for, for, for this podcast. I thank you for giving me this platform. I thank you for my brother Isaac and the work that we have done, Lord God. And it just, I don't like, 
I'm not proud. I'm not boasting because it was you who impressed it upon our hearts mm-hmm. to, to do this. So we thank you for this conversation. Lord God, we just declare that your will will be done through this podcast. I pray that people's ears will be open, Lord God, that those who have here will, will hear and listen, Lord God. Um, and I pray that they will allow your heart, their hearts to, to be softened softened in this regard and in, in, in regards to the issue of racial relations and social justice, Lord God, but not, and not from a secular view, Lord God, but from, from a kingdom standpoint, Lord God, help us to understand what, what biblical justice is, what your justice is, Lord God, um, your justice and righteousness are inseparable, Lord God, help us to have your justice and your righteousness and to live it out, Lord God, to, to stand for it, to stand for the gospel in every sense, Lord God, including this. Um, and we just thank you for it being done. I thank you, Lord God, that our labor is not in vain, Lord God. We do not podcast in vain, Lord God. We do not talk about this. We do not stand for this, this, this justice in vain, Lord God, but it's for, for a great harvest. And we just thank you for the manifestation of all the seeds that we're sowing, Lord God. I pray for my brother Isaac, Lord God, keep him encouraged, keep him built up, Lord God. I just bind every attack of the enemy to, to try and weigh him down, to, 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 to attack even his, his, his family and his, his family life, Lord God. I pray that you just put up a firewall against his mind, up against his family, around his daughter, around all the work that he's doing in your name, Lord. I give him your strength, your joy, and your peace, and all that he does, Lord God, in the name of Jesus and give you glory, honor, and praise. And we have to pray that same prayer for everybody, for all the believers, Lord God, engaged in this work, uh, that your joy, your strength, and your peace will be ours in the name of Jesus. And may we ever be before you in prayer in all things and definitely this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you as brothers and we come to you as sons. Father, we pray, oh, we confess our own prayerlessness in this conversation mm-hmm. and ask for your forgiveness. Oh, Lord, may it never be that we turn our noses up, but instead that we bow our heads before the throne. Well, convicted by even the words my brother shared with that attitude, Lord. Father, I, we do thank you for the good works that you have prepared for, for us, uh, Ephesians 2 talks about, uh, that you have prepared good works that we should walk in them. Lord, we thank you for even the good work Juan is trying to do. Father, we pray that you would bless uh, his efforts, Father, that you, greater unity will be engendered in churches across racial lines because of this podcast, Lord. Uh, because of my podcast, Lord, we know all of these things are for you ultimately. So we pray that they would glorify you. Father, I pray for my recording later with Jamar today, Lord, that this would glorify you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, that you would be glorified in all things. Because whether we eat or drink, we want you to be glorified in all things. Uh, Father, we do pray uh, for churches in this country, Lord, to grow in their understanding and compassion and unity uh, within, with, with one another, with different congregations, and within those congregations, Lord. We pray that we wouldn't be those who are merely content with the presence of diversity, Lord, mm-hmm. if there is no true unity there. Father, we do praise you for the work Christ has done. We don't look lightly upon it. We thank you for the work you've done over the centuries, even in this country, uh, bringing about progress. And yet, Lord, we know we're not there yet. Uh, we don't want to just uh, wipe our hands and say it's finished while people are, while communities suffer, while uh, people are being unjustly, whatever it may be, unjustly arrested, unjustly sent to prison. Lord, we, we, we look at the numbers of incarceration, Lord, and we lament. Uh, We don't want to look at these things lightly or think simply that they are social issues that don't uh, concern us, Lord. We want to be concerned for our neighbor. So would you help us to do that? Would you help us to lay down our lives for our neighbors, uh, Father, and not be a complicit or comfortable uh, Father uh, in a way that prevents us and makes us callous toward our neighbor, uh, Lord? So Lord, we ask for grace because we need it. Uh, we need so much of it, Lord. So would you please help us in our efforts, in our work, uh, Father? And would you please strengthen us by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, Lord, that we might run after him 
uh, and run together. Father, we do pray for uh, those who uh, may have just been given over to cynicism, Lord, and despair. Father, we pray that they would abound with, the, abound with hope and hope in you, Lord. We know that your throne is perfect and that Christ is coming again. So, Lord, we pray that we pray with hope because our Savior is coming back. Oh, Father, we pray that people would be filled with hope and look to him and that they would remember that this work we're doing is good, as important as it is. It's not everything. Mm-hmm. Jesus is. Lord, will we remember that the work of our hands cannot quench our thirst. And we just simply oh. long for Jesus, we pray. In his name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Um, Isaac. Thank you for watching this episode of the Saved and Woke podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and sign up for notifications to keep up with all of our new content. As always, you can keep up with me personally at Mr. Underscore Saved and Woke on Instagram and Twitter. And you can now keep up with the show on Instagram at Saved and Woke. That does it for today. Until next time, keep the faith and stay woke.